It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good evening. If you seem to sense an aura of cold dampness that permeates this room, attribute it not to either defective air conditioning or inclement indoor weather. It's simply because this is rather a special place with a special statuary and special paintings. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. It's a Tuesday, September 26th. If you're listening the day it is uploaded, right next to me is Kimmy. Kimmy, I got one name. Kimmy. Hello, everybody. Hello, Hi. Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. So true. Right next to me is the hero of this story. Oh, she is, and that is so true. That's why I like her. She is strange. That is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. Welcome to a Tuesday. Thank you. And I know you're getting all Ooh. yeah all excited because getting close to the weekend coming up this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It is MegaCon Tampa in Tampa Bay, Florida. You can find out more about MegaCon Tampa on their Facebook page. We have a link right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy Show on social media, and you'll be able to link up with us at uh, MegaCon Tampa. Love to talk nerd with you. Maybe you met some celebrity there, you know, possibly William Shatner, John Barrowman, just to name a few. Uh, who am I forgetting? Oh, uh, Kevin Smith, right? Oh, yes. And Stan Lee will be there. Mm-hmm. He's part of a hurricane relief for the Irma impact on the Tampa area and Florida area. He is there. And let's see, uh, legendary comic book artist Neil Adams, plus a huge artist alley. And tons of collectibles and things like that. Cosplay going on, panels. It will be a fun time that is happening in just a few days in Tampa Bay, Florida. Hope to see you there. If you're flying into Florida, well, we look forward to seeing you. We can uh, you know, actually meet, and we can talk about nerd stuff. Right, Kimmy? That's right. And please visit our website for archived episodes, celebrity interviews, also videos. Oh, let's see. Nerd links, news, and so much more, including our social media links where you can follow us quite easily. And we have an event contact page if you have an upcoming event you would like the riley and kimmy show to be part of and to promote be sure just to uh, click on that area and connect with us we'd love to be part of that where can someone find all these things kimmy what is our web address rileyandkimmy.com rileyandkimmy.com The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That's the big question, Kimmy. Would you like to play a game on this Tuesday? Are you alert enough to play nerd and pop culture trivia? Do you want to go down the thrilling days of yesteryear and memories with some questions? Let's go. 
We have a timeline that has been adjusted, meaning it's not in chronological or linear order. Feel free to yell out at whatever listening device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. It could be anything. That's right. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. We are mobile. We are global. And Kimmy does believe in time travel answers. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's crazy, but she says it works. Kimmy, we have a question from one of your favorite categories, one of your top two categories, and that just happens to be the world of cinema. It was on this date. We're looking for the year within five years. The Motion Picture Association of America announces that it had created a new rating. This new rating is called NC-17, and that was to keep moviegoers under the age of 17 from seeing certain films. What year did this thing go into effect? When was it announced? Mm. Within five years. 1975? It was 1990. Staying in the world of cinema. It was on this date. I'm looking for the year. Within five years, the Rocky Horror Picture Show opens in theaters. What year did this happen within five years? 1974? Gimme, you got this almost exactly right, you Rocky Horror Picture Show groupie. It was 1975 that that happened. Have you ever seen that movie? I have never seen it. Okay. It was on this date. A certain social media thing opens up. Well, they actually open themselves up to everyone who is at least 13 years or older with a valid email address. Originally, it was kind of a private thing, university-based. If you paid attention to the movie that the uh, social media thing is based on, you will know what I'm talking about. So the two-part question, Kimmy, what is the name of the social media outlet that decided to open itself up to the public on this date? Can you tell me the name of it? Facebook. That's right, Facebook. Now, what year did this happen within Hmm. three years? 2002? It was 2006 that Facebook opened up to everybody celebrity marriages well actually a marriage on this date in history the year is 1955 Kimmy now pay attention here I think you do know the answer here at first you might say I don't know but you do if you pay attention the year is 1955 actress Debbie Reynolds marries this singer they're married on this date in 1955 and in 1959 they are divorced who does she marry in 1955 Eddie Fisher? Kimmy got it right. You were paying attention. Yeah. Fantastic. It was on this date, 1960. The first televised debate between presidential candidates happens. It took place in Chicago, Illinois, Kimmy. Some say if you listen to the radio version... One candidate won, but people don't pay attention to that. They pay attention to the television version. And they say clearly one person won that just because of looks alone. Tell me the two candidates. Who was it? Nixon Kennedy. That's correct. 1960. This took place in Chicago. The Riley and Kimmy show has the audio version, the radio version of that debate. It's available right now on our website. You can listen to this. This is the audio. And... That ran on radio stations. You be the political analyst. You check it out and draw your own conclusions. It's really cool, actually, to listen to too. I one of the things I do is with debates like presidential debates or governor 
you know, debates, I listen to them on radio as opposed to watching them. Because mm-hmm. you can actually hear things. You're not distracted by camera cutting over here and, you know, things like that. The year is 1962. This TV show premieres. Identify it the moment you can. Beverly Hillbillies. Kimmy, can you tell me what network aired the Beverly Hillbillies originally? Was it ABC, NBC, or CBS? CBS? Yeah, Kimmy got it right. The year's 1964. This TV show premieres. Identify it the moment you can. We have the instrumental version of the theme. (laughs) That'd be Gilligan's Island. Yes, Kimmy, it's Gilligan's Island. Premieres on CBS TV, 1964. Question for you. What year did it come to an end? It would end on September 4th of a certain year. What year is the last time for it to air? 66? 1967. Does not make the 100 mark for shows. It's close. It's in the 90s. Does not make the 100, the magic 100 mark for syndication, which was very important way back when. And somehow this thing made it mm. in, in syndication. Became very big because of syndication. By the way, the pilot to Gilligan's Island, the very first episode, actually, of Gilligan's Island was being filmed on November 22nd, 1963. That's mm-hmm. why if you have a sharp eye, you can see some flags at half mass mm. in the opening scene. you got, and you got to have a really, really sharp eye to see that. Moving ahead, the year is 1968. The first broadcast of this TV show occurs. Identify it the moment you can. You scared me there, Kimmy. One of the best TV themes of all time. Can you tell me what TV network aired Hawaii Five-0 for 12 years? Can you tell me who aired Hawaii Five-0? CBS. That's right. 1968 is when it began. I love those first uh, few seasons, probably the first four seasons of Hawaii Five-0. I think that's where there's some real strong magic to it. It, it, It's beautiful throughout the entire time, what they did. And I have a feeling of Hawaii Five-0 never happened. I don't even think Miami Vice would have happened in a way. I think mm. it kind of influenced down the road a little sure. bit, especially for the, the beauty part, the, the pretty part of it. The year is 1969. This TV show premieres on ABC TV. It would become a big time hit in syndication. That means reruns. Give me identify the TV show. Here is your clue. We have two clues if you happen to need it. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Kimmy, can you tell me the name of that TV show? The Brady Bunch. Here's the story of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. All of them had hair of gold, like their mother, the youngest one in curls. It's the story of a man named Brady who was busy with three boys of his own. They were four men sitting all together, yet they were all alone. Yeah, we're staying in 1969. Tell me who released this album, Kimmy. Tell me the recording group Abbey Road is released in the United Kingdom. The Beatles. You got it right. The year is 1974. Walls and Bridges, the album 
is released by this recording artist, he would not release any more new material for almost six years. Identify the recording artist. Here's a hit from that album. It peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Whatever gets you through the night. Number one hit, Kimmy, for whom? John Lennon. That's right. Moving ahead, the year is 1982. This TV show debuts on NBC. Tell me what it is. Knight Rider. That's right, Kimmy. Got it right. One man can make a difference, Michael. Michael Knight, a lone crusader in a dangerous world. The world of the Knight Rider. Kimmy, who starred as Michael Knight? David Hasselhoff. Yeah, you know him, though, because of soap operas. You freak. Young and the Restless, right? Yeah, Snapper Foster. Uh, oh, okay. The year is 1984. This person's song is released. The song is Purple Rain. Who is the recording artist? Prince. That's right. The year is 1986. On this TV show, somebody who's dead or had been dead comes back in the shower. Who is it? That'd be Bobby Ewing. And who? what is the show? Dallas. That's right. 1986. He's no longer dead. It was all, what, a dream, right? Pam had a dream. I, I think that's what so. they did. Yeah. yeah. Okay, the, the shower thing. Death. Yeah. The year's 1996. This recording artist releases the album The Gold Experience. He has some hits from it. One of them being this song, which peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. Kimmy's theme song. Kimmy, tell me who sang that. Prince. That's right. And he had that album, The Gold Experience, released on this date. Let's go to movies. Kimmy, tell me two things. Who the director is of this film and what year it came out within five years. It was on this date. The movie The Departed, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, and Mark Wahlberg premieres. It would win Best Picture the following year. Let's uh, start with the picture thing. What year did it uh, come out? 96? It was 2006. would become Best Picture in 2007. Keep in mind, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, who is the director. It's one of his favorites. Oh, Martin Scorsese. Celebrity and notable birthdays. This person born 1901. He he was the gangster of films for a period of time. Matter of fact, he was actually hotter than Humphrey Bogart for a short period of time, but he blew it. He turned down roles that others would take because he wanted a specific type of role, and some of them were very big roles, and he became diminished to B-movies and things like that. It is the legendary George Raft. You've been seeing that dame too much. Yeah, I know. Fresh out of finishing school. Sure, a bargain basement dame turns on the crying act, and you mop it all up. You buy her as much as a chocolate soda, you're being a sucker. 
Oh, wait a minute. You're not going into that hearts and flowers routine over the dame, are you? Oh, who are you, Conan? This is Johnny you're talking to. Well, before you get any deeper, there's a few things you ought to know about. I hate to spill this, Hank. I guess I'd better. He would act with many big names like Edward G. Robinson, also Humphrey Bogart, and many others. That is George Raft. Born in the state 1901, died 1980 at the age of 79. He was uh, reduced to basically being a greeter at a casino. That's what he ended up uh, doing. Hmm. And uh, that, that was how he made a living towards the latter part of his life. Next individual, actress, born 1939. She acted with Elvis in a movie, but she is known for a certain TV show, Kimmy. She starred on that TV show from 1962 to 1971. Please tell me the name of the actress, the character she played, and the TV show she is known for. Here is your audio clue. I know it hurts your ears, Duke. Pretty soon me and you's gonna take a nice long walk outside. Give me the bone, Granny. I'll find him. <laughs> Don't you worry, Duke. We'll get out of here. Rusty, now that you and Skippy's such good friends, I bet you you'd like it fine if you could swim, too. There ain't no reason that cats can't swim just as good as dogs. You two's got to learn to get along together. Now make up and be friends. Come on. Kiss and make up. I got a cat that swam. He'd rather swim than eat fish. Come on, I'll show you. Ah, diggity dog, I'm gonna like Courtney and Sparky. Kimmy, identify the actress, first of all. Donna Douglas. Yes, what is the name of the character she's known for? Ellie Mae Clampett. And the name of the TV show? Uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, you remind me of Ellie Mae, especially the way you are around animals. Oh, shucks. <laughs> she does, she really does. Kimmy's just like Ellie Mae. Next person, Kimmy, an actor best known for his role on a certain TV series. Identify the TV show. What is that TV show, Kimmy? Adam 12. That's correct. It is Adam 12. He acted opposite Martin Milner. He was his partner on the show. Here's some audio of those two. Tell me who he is. He's known for playing Officer Jim Reed next to Officer Pete Malloy. They did a little uh, spoof on their TV show on Laugh-In a number of years ago. Here's the audio. How long have we been writing together? Well, about three years. It's about time, isn't it? How about it? Okay, you can steer. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I try the siren? Jimmy, who is the actor? Who played Officer hmm. Jim Reed? I can't recall his name. Uh, he would also appear in an episode of Battlestar Galactica and many other things, too. That is Kent McCord having a birthday today. Can you tell me how old he is? I know you know who he is. You saw him at uh, Fanboy Expo a number of years ago in Tampa Bay. How mm. old is he within five years? Uh, 78. Uh, you're close enough. He is 75. Next person, an actress best known for one big role that she had on film, and she also had a big role on television, too. And she's, well, she's coming back to the role that made her a household name, was just announced the other day. She's coming back. Identify who she is, Kimmy. Here's your audio clue. Watching John with the machine, it was suddenly so clear. The Terminator would never stop. It would never leave him. And it would never hurt him, never shout at him or get drunk and hit him or say it was too busy to spend time with him. It would always be there. And it would die to protect him. Of all the would-be fathers who came and went over the 
years, this thing, this machine, was the only one who measured up. In an insane world, it was the sanest choice. Gimme, tell me who that is. Who played Sarah Connor? Linda Hamilton. That's right, Linda Hamilton having a birthday today. How old is she within five years? Uh, 56? She is 61. It was announced on September 19th that she, well, I should state, John Cameron confirmed that she and Arnold Schwarzenegger will be part of Terminator 6. I'll be back. That movie will be released 2019. She will be Sarah Connor again as James Cameron takes back the franchise and the rights become his again. And I guess he's erasing everything that's been done previously. Mm. So, and he can do that easily with a time thing, you know, timeline messing with it. Uh, he can do that. I don't know how I feel about her coming back. I don't know. I wonder how they're going to play together. I guess they get along okay now, right? Mm. Uh, they must, right? Yeah, they must. Next individual actress, best known for her role on a certain NBC drama, identify the TV show. Do you know the show? Little House on the Prairie. That's right. Now, this actress is best known for her role as Mary. Mary Ingalls, the older daughter. Can you tell me the name of the actress who played the older daughter? I can't. You watch that show all the time. I did watch it. You probably even had a Little House on the Prairie lunchbox. No. No. (laughs) I bet you did. Yeah, I have a feeling you did. It's... Melissa Sue Anderson, who is having a birthday. How old is she within five years? Um, 59. She is 55. Next person, tennis player. Tell me how old Serena Williams is today within five years. 32. She is 36 years old today. I see dead people. Notable deaths. Daniel Boone died on this date at the age of 85. Daniel Boone was a man. Yes, a big man. With an eye like an eagle and as tall as a mountain was he. Daniel Boone was a man, yes a big man. He was brave, he was fearless, and as tough as a mighty oak tree. From the coonskin camp. Yeah, and Daniel Boone, 1820, passed away on this date. Next individual singer died, 2003. He passed away in a Paris hotel room from a heart attack at the age of 54. Identify who he is with his number one hit from 1986. Jimmy, he was the lead singer also of Power Station. Can you tell me who he is? He wore those white shirts and ties in the videos. Oh, I know. I know I'm who sure it you is. Do. Yeah, you I can sure. see him. Yeah, sure you can. He what are his initials? RP. Robert Palmer. Yes, you've got it right. He passed away on this date in 2003. Next person died 2008, an American actor. He was in so many films. Many, many, many. Died at the age of 83. We have audio from a film. I know you've never seen it, Kimmy, but I know you will pick up what it is. His voice is distinct enough. It's from 1961. He acted opposite Jackie Gleason in this film. Tell me who he is. 
We have two audio clues if you need it. Here's your audio clue from 1961. Well, you don't leave much when you miss, do you, fat man? Two ball, side pocket. You know, I got a hunch, fat man. I got a hunch it's me from here on in. One ball, corner pocket. I mean, that ever happened to you? All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss? Because I dreamed about this game, fat man. I dreamed about this game every night on the road. Five ball. No, this is my table, man. I own it. I wish this was video. Kimmy shaking her head. She cannot tell me who that is from 1961 in the movie The Hustler. Here's an audio bite for her from 2002, a movie she knows him in. He played John Rooney in Road to Perdition. You think I'd give up my son? Now listen to me. I tried to avoid more bloodshed. You wouldn't accept that, so I did what was necessary. But I've always loved you like a son. And now I'm telling you, leave before it's too late. That may be. But you are asking me to give you the key to his room so you can walk in, put a gun to his head and pull the trigger. And I can't do that. There are only murderers in this room. Michael, open your eyes. This is the life we chose, the life we lead. And there is only one guarantee. None of us will see heaven. Kimmy, tell me who that actor is. He played Daniel Craig's father in the movie Road to Perdition. He's trying to protect him from Tom Hanks, who's going to rub him out. Tell me who that is. I have no idea. He starred in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid in 1969 as Butch Cassidy. He was in The Sting in 1973. He played in the movie The Verdict in 1982. Paul Newman. Yes, that's correct. And I didn't have to say Towering Inferno. So uh, that's a good thing. Yes, it's Paul Newman who passed away on this date. The year was 2008 at the age of 83. The Hustler was the pool movie with Jackie Gleason from 1961. I know you've never seen that. I highly recommend checking that out. George C. Scott's in that, and it's just some fantastic scenes in that movie. Moving ahead, this person passed away 2010. She's an American actress. She was in tons of films. She died at the age of 100, but you do know her, Kimmy. She starred in the 1997 film Titanic. She played the old Rose. Who is it? Hmm, I don't recall her name. It's Gloria Stewart, who passed away on this date, 2010. Remember her? Yes, I do. Okay. I think you did a fantastic job on this Tuesday with trivia. Well, thank you. And what we're going to do right now is honor something, someone we talked about, well, in the world of trivia with the golden age of radio. Radio was That is the Riley and Kimmy Show. Once again, reminder, we have that uh, Nixon-Kennedy debate, the very first one, the radio version, available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. You might want to check it out right after this Golden Age of Radio episodes we have, as we have a tribute to actor George Raft, who was born on this date in 1901. He did a lot, a lot of old-time radio work. One example we have is Each Dawn I Die from 1943, 
And, by the way, he also starred in a radio series called The Cases of Mr. Ace, which ran from 1945 to 1947. And we have an episode of that called Key to a Booby Trap episode from 1947. That follows Each Dawn I Die. That kicks things off from 1943. Here's George Raft on The Riley and Kimmy Show. hilltop on the outskirts of a great city. On the side of the road, a car stands facing down the grade. To this car come two shadowy figures, supporting between them the unconscious form of a young man. Uh, he's heavy as lead. Get him in behind the wheel, quick. Okay. Lift his legs here a little. There. You got that bottle of liquor? Yeah. Douse his clothes with it and throw the bottle in the back. That's uh, a waste of good booze. Hurry up. Okay, okay. Now release the brake and get out. Here we go. Up off. With an unconscious man at the wheel, the car glides downward. At the bottom of the grade, a traffic light blinks red at a crossroad. The car hurtles toward it faster and faster, then swerves madly into the cross traffic. Frank Ross, having been found guilty of the crime of manslaughter, it is now my duty to pronounce sentence. There can be no excuse for leniency in your case, as you should be well aware. Since you have, as reporter for the Daily Record, often denounced drunken driving as the most ghastly of crimes, a view with which the court agrees entirely. And when such drunkenness results in the slaughter of two young innocent citizens... I didn't kill those people. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't even driving that car. When the accident occurred, you were behind the wheel. The court has found that to be sufficient evidence in spite of the fact... But I tell you, I was framed. I was framed by that eminent public servant, District Attorney Hanley, and his equally eminent and equally crooked assistant, Howard Grace. Your Honor, I protest. Framed? Because they knew I could show them up for the dirty, grafting rats they are. Silence! Silence! Frank Ross, you are hereby sentenced to the maximum penalty the law provides. Imprisonment in the state penitentiary at Rocky Point... For five to twenty years. Court adjourned. All right, Ross. This way. Five to twenty years. Frank. Oh, Frank. Did you hear him, Joyce? Five to twenty years. For something I didn't do. Darling, it's not over yet. We're going to fight this. We'll be working for you every minute. We'll get you out, darling. Twenty years. I'll write to you. I'll write every day. And you write, too. Please, darling. Come on, Ross. We've got a train to make. You want some lunch, Ross? No. You ought to eat, son. It's on the stage, you know. I don't eat with a carload of ten-cent crooks. I'd rather be hungry. Who's that ten-cent crook? Hiya, Monaghan. Well, Stacy... So they're taking you back to school, huh? Yeah, for a while. I'm getting a degree this time. Oh, who's your friend, Monaghan? Name's Frank Ross. Ross? Oh, yeah, I know him. A reporter, isn't he? One of those wise guys that's always writing about how crooks are yellow. And crime don't pay. I guess the D.A. didn't like that because he knows better. Well, what'd they give you, Mr. Ross? Five to twenty. But I won't be there long. Oh, you don't say. Going in and out, just like that. Clever boys, these reporters. Say, write a piece about me when you get out, will you? 
The name is Stacy. Life sentence. I'd like to see my name in the papers. You'll see it in the obituary column. You don't shut up. Why, you scare me, Sonny. Hey, Monahan, change my seat, will you? He plays too rough. What's the matter, Stacy? Oh, we got a real killer in the crowd, boy. Ran over a couple of kids, so he thinks he's tough. <laughs> well, how tough are you, Sonny? Listen, you. Sit down, Rock. Yeah, come on and show me. Cut it out, or I'll let you have it. Put it. Now get over there, Rock. Sit down. Let him go, Monahan. I'll tear his head off. You shut up, Stacy. What'd you go picking on him for? I don't like reporters any more than I like cops. If a reporter hadn't stuck my pan all over the front page, I wouldn't be here. And now I got all the trouble of crashing out. Don't forget to send us the date. Yeah, and don't bet that I won't. All right, line up over there. Come on, line up. Keep your arms folded. The new arrival, Gordon. Not all new, I see. Hello, Stacy. Hi, Warden. Men, I have much to say to you. Stay on your good behavior and you'll get along a lot better. You get into trouble in here, you become second or third grade prisoners, according to your offense. More serious offenses are punishable by solitary confinement. Or as we call it here, the hole. I don't recommend it. Hey, Warden, I'd I'd like to speak to you for a minute. Keep your arms folded. What do you want to say? Well, I'm here on a political frame-up. I didn't... When a man is legally convicted and sent here, we assume that he's guilty. Treat him accordingly. That's all. All right, men. Left turn. This way, men. What does it take us now, huh? Yourself? No such luck, brother. That jute mill. Hey, Pete. Ten more men here. Okay, I'll I'll take care of them. Well, if it ain't Stacy again. Couldn't bear to be away from old Pete, huh? What's he got this time? A hundred and ninety-nine years. Well, now, that's real generous of the judge, huh, Stacy? And just to show you what a nice welcome home you're going to get, guess who's in here doing the book, too? Your old friend, Lippy Julia. Julia? In here? Yeah, I thought that'd get a rise out of you. Hey, Lippy, come over here. You want me? Yeah. You know this fella? Yeah. I guess so. He ought to know me. I gave him that limp the time he tried to double-cross me in the Dannemora break. I know you. And you ain't gonna forget me. Now, boys, don't fight on Mr. Stacy's first day back. Stacy, over to that breaker and get to work. You go with him. Wait a minute. What's your name? Ross. Say sir when you dress an officer. Fold your arms, do you hear? Yes, sir. Go on over there and join Stacy at the breaker. Rest of you get over there and help stack them bales. Hey, fellas, look who's here. Hello, Muggs. Oh, it's just a visit. Oh, this is Frank Ross, boys, a gentleman of the press. He's a killer, so hang on to your hair. Oh, sorry we ain't got no typewriters on this machine, uh, nor no yellow ink, Mr. Ross. Huh. Well, what do I do? Why, you flap your ears and wish you was a swallow. Come over here. Hey, Gosky. Gee, it's swell to see you, Stacy. Never mind that now. When did Limpy come in? Oh, a month ago. Well, what's he in for? Murder, second degree. He's doing life. Look, Gosky. You know it's Limpy or me, don't you? Yep. Well, it ain't going to be me. How much time do you get? A tray. I'm out in two months. Oh, good. Keep your nose clean so there's no slipper. I might need you on the outside. Okay. But listen, don't turn your back on Limpy. He's got a knife stashed, and he'll use it. Don't worry. I'll watch him. Come here, you guys. Stacy! 
Gowski, what were you talking about? Come on, what were you talking about? Ain't there a rule against talking in this jug? Yeah, and you broke it. Let me hurt you. Come here, Lippy. What'd they say? I couldn't hear them, but they was talking. Why, you low-down crawling. Get back! Break it up, you hear? Look out there! Grab that guy! I'll kill him! Get back! Look out, Stacy! Now get back to your machines, all of you. Go on! Come here, Ross. That was you, Trip Limpy, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Well, he had a knife. I don't like to see anybody get cut up. You're learning fast, ain't you, Mug? Look, I'm no Mug. And I don't like being called one. Oh, you don't like it, huh? Get over to the captain of the yard. You too, Stacy. We'll see if a month in third grade will take some of that guff out of you. Go on, beat it. I guess I owe you something for tripping limping. A nice job. I get it. Your first day in this hokey pokey and you're tangled with teeth. Trip up as prize rat and you lose your privileges for a month. Oh, you got the makings of a swell con. Not me. I'm not staying long enough. Yeah? Well, until you do leave us, let me give you a little advice. You know anything about Limpy Julian? He's just another con to me. Well, remember this if you want to stay healthy. He's a killer. The toughest kind there is, too. The kind who kills a guy because he gets a kick out of it. Yeah. Well, I'll let you worry about Limpy. I got my own troubles. What the... What's that? Don't look now. Is there a knife sticking in the wall about two inches over my head? I'd say about one inch. Yeah? Hmm. Limpy's aim is improving. All right, you guys. Keep moving, will you? This is supposed to be an exercise period. Yeah, moving. Well, move faster. You'll be getting fat, Stacy. Yeah. You got a cigarette, Ross? Yeah. Here. Thanks. Well, by the way, uh, whatever happened to that plan of yours for getting out of this place? I hear they turned down your pardon, Ross. Yeah. That gives you a year and a half before you can even ask again. Well, the paper's working on a new angle. If the boys dig up some evidence, I get a new trial. Sure, I knew a guy like you once. Uh, he's waiting for a new trial, too. He waited 30 years. Did he get it? Yeah, they found him guilty again. Oh, hi, Agoski. Hi, Stacy. Hey, listen, I just got ratted on. Well, what about? That can of soda you slipped me this morning. They saw me using it. That means the hole. Who ratted? it? Uh, Limpy and his new pal, Feather. Well, what's wrong about soda? Well, you mix it with salt and damp tobacco powder, and it makes snuff. It's forbidden. You got it on you, Agoski? Yeah, but Pete's looking for me right now, and I can't get rid of it. Slip it to me. To you? Stacy, they'll put you in the hole. Come on, come on. You're going out on parole next week, ain't you? You can't afford to go out of circulation now. I need you on the outside. Slip it quick. And here. Keep this knife till I come out. I may want it. You ever been in the hole before, Stacy? Sure. Twice. Been in for 60 days? No. Right here. Nice place. Yeah. You know, a guy's a sucker taking a rap like this for something he didn't do. Yeah. I've seen guys go half nuts in here in 30 days. In 60, they go all the way. Well, that's because they ain't smart. I am. Close the door. Okay, sucker. Hey, fellas. Stacy's out. He's out of the hole. When did they let him out? An hour ago. I seen him taking him up to the office. How'd he look, Red? Like a ghost. His eyes was all shut like, like the light hurt him. So he's out. Well, we'll find out pretty soon who wins the blood sweep. You got a bet on a deal? Yeah, plenty. You got a bet, Ross? I don't bet on one guy killing another. That ain't it. Limpy says he'll get Stacy before he's out of the hole 48 hours. 
But you've got to call the hour. I got two cans of tobacco that says one of them gets it in 12 hours. Look out. Here comes the guard. Lights out in ten minutes. Hiya, Ross. Hello. Put me in with you. Mine? Why should I? I took that bunk there. I didn't know. Well, it was mine. Oh. It's okay. I'll just move your stuff. Wait a second. Leave it alone, I'll... Hey. What's that? I told you to leave our stuff alone. You got a knife, huh? Yeah, I got a knife. What about it? Nothing, I guess. I'll be handy down. I can't see. Need anything? Soap? Tobacco? Toothpaste? Uh, listen, Ross. Forget about that shiv. What shiv? Never heard the word before. This shiv. The knife. I don't see any shiv. Okay, Ross. You're all right. Hello. Hello, Warden. This is Gallagher. Listen, Warden, we've had a killing. In the theater, a killing. We had the men there to see a picture, and all of a sudden, this guy... What? It was Limpy Julian. Yeah, somebody stuck a knife in him. Ross, yeah? Come on down to the end of the yard. I want to speak to you. Okay. Well, what do you want, Susan? Listen, maybe you work for doing you any good? Well, trying. You've been here four months. Well, it takes time. Bum rat, wasn't it? I told you that a couple of times. All right. Look, if you could get out, would you be able to tack down the guys who framed you, would you? Sure, only I'm not out. I'm in. What do you want? Listen, Ross, I didn't kill Lippy. Sure, all right. Whether you believe it or not, I didn't. I meant to. I was afraid the screws might search me. So I passed the ship on to another guy. He loved Limpy like I did. So Limpy collected. Okay. But that don't make any difference between us. You saw me with that ship. And you thought I did. Worse than you and I'd be doing the book in the hole and you'd probably be pardoned. Forget it. I'm no right. I don't forget it. You kept your mouth shut. I owe you plenty for that and I'm going to pay. Ross, did you ever figure that if I was out, I could find out who framed you and get you sprung? How? I got connections. I can find anything out by putting dough in the right places. So all we've got to do is get you out. <laughs> That's a cinch, isn't it? Listen, this is no screwy idea. I can get out. If you'll help me. How? Look, you're up for killing some guy. Me, you tried in the courthouse. I'm doing life. 199 years. So no pardon. No parole. I can't crash over these walls in a million years. So the only chance is to get to the courthouse and try it from there. It'd take an army to get you out of that courthouse. A lot of guys have tried it. They tried it alone, and they didn't plan it. Listen, remember Gosky went out a couple of months ago? Well? We figured this out together. I let someone write to the warden that I sunk that knife and lit. I get indicted. Gosky follows the case through the papers and gets me a mouthpiece. He knows the day I'm to be tried. He knows the courtroom. He makes all the arrangements. Where do I come in? You're the only guy I've ever met that gave me a break without putting the bee on me for dough. So now I'm giving you a break. Go to the warden and tell him about me having that knife. I told you I wasn't a rat. Look, I'm asking for this. It's my only chance. I won't do it. You say you didn't kill Limpy. Well, somebody did. And they got to get the right guy. Limpy was killed. Murdered. And that still means something to me. Oh, will you listen? Ross. Frank Ross. Yeah? Get over to the warden's office, Ross. We got a visitor. Just so terribly. I tried to come up a week ago and the week before that, but I, well, I couldn't get a pass. Sure, I know. Oh, let me look at you, oh, Frank. Yeah, I, 
I look great, don't I? Oh, it's so horrible like this, talking through a screen. I, I want to say so much, and I can't. Is there... Is there anything new? Only what I wrote you. They haven't found those guys that put me in the car? Not a trace of them. But we're still working, and a lot of the boys in the AP are working with us. We'll find them, darling. We will. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, Frank, don't give up hope. Please don't. Hope? <laughs> There's no hope in this place. Is there, is there anything I can do for you? Is there, Frank? Yeah. Don't come back anymore. Frank. Don't come to see me. I can't stand it. Not like this. It only makes it worse. Darling, please, I've got to come out. Just... You'll have to leave me. Stacy. Yeah, what? Listen, I... I've been thinking. Will there be any shooting down at the courthouse? No. Are you sure? I don't want blood on my hands. Will you give me your word... What it's worth to you? Sure. Okay, Stacy, I'll sail with you. Good. But remember this. Afterwards, they may figure you in on it and throw you in the hole. You may have to take a lot of punishment. I don't mind. But don't talk. Once it's done, keep your mouth shut. That's the tough part of this. I know. You or those guys on the paper got any line on who framed you? There's only one lead. You ever hear of Shake Edwards? Yeah, a rat. Well, he was in front of the newspaper office when I came out that night. He was the finger man. I'm sure of it. Shake Edwards. I'll find him. And I'll get you out. Remember that. No matter how bad things look. Or if it takes a long time, I'll get you out. Legally. All you got to do is to get to the... Tell the warden you saw that knife in my bunk. Well? All right, Stacy. Good luck. So long, fella. Thanks for everything. <laughs> After a brief intermission, we'll hear George Raff, Francho Tone, and Lynn Barry in Act Two of Each Dawn I Die. Now, our producer, Mr. DeMille. Act Two of Each Dawn I Die. Starring George Raff as Stacy, Francho Tone as Ross, and Lynn Barry as Joyce. From behind the bleak walls of the state penitentiary, a convict. In the know, can occasionally smuggle a note to the outside world. Such a note was written by Frank Ross. Passing through a dozen pairs of hands, it finds its way at last to the office of the Daily Record. Watch the Stacy trial. Have reporter, photographer there. Big story. Say nothing to anyone. Destroy this at once. Let me see that note, Joyce. It's Frank's writing, Mr. Mason. Stacy trial. What's he talking about? Is Stacy's case up for appeal? No. The only thing I can think of is a trial in the prison itself. Yeah, but what for? I, I don't know. All right. There's nothing we can do now except wait. If anything breaks, take a camera and get up there yourself. Yes, sir. Hey, Ross. Yes, Pete? No? Did you tell him the warden tomorrow morning? Yeah. That's a sorry face. I saw you with that knife. I didn't see you knock Limpy off, but I can identify the knife. Right. Fire down there! Stacy, is that your plans all set? Yeah. Look, the day of the trial, Garst is sending a laundry truck. Get from the gate and park just below the courtroom in the alley. Get motor trouble, see? Call me for the stand. 
when that happens, I've got to go out the window to give me a signal. Motor fixed all of a sudden, and the gates opened and shut the truck out. I start walking toward the witness stand. Only I don't stop. How'd you get in the truck? Oh, I told you, it's parked just under the window. Yeah, but that window happens to be three stories up. Did you know that? Sure. I know, so what? You mean you're going to jump? Sure. The truck will be piled with laundry, and I'll land like a feather. I hope. Just one thing. The window. It'll probably be closed. Who's going to open it? Who? <laughs> Me, on the way through. <laughs> identify this knife as the one you saw in Stacy's bunk? Yes. Why didn't you tell me about this before? Well, I didn't want what Limpy got. Why this sudden courage? It isn't courage. I... I want to get out of here. I see. I suppose you figure that if you squeal down Stacy, you get a break from the parole board, is that it? Yes. Yes. I suppose you will. I hope it makes you happy, Ross. You talk like you don't want the guy who murdered Limpy. Sure we want him. And to get these guys, we have to deal with rats. But that doesn't mean we like it. Take him out and get Stacy here. Under guard. Stacy trial set for 28. On the 28th day of this month, a notorious gunman and bank robber will stand trial for the murder of a fellow convict. Did the verdict go against him in this trial, his sentence of 199 years will be changed to death. Casey will finish his life sentence in the electric chair. <laughs> yeah, if I'm still here to sit in it. Mr. Lockhart, are you prepared to sum up for the defense? Not just yet, Your Honor. With the court's permission, I should like to put one more witness on the stand. My client himself, William Stacey. By all standards of practice, this would seem to be a foolhardy move. I realize that. Call me to the stand. When that happens, I've got a guy at the window to give a signal. The truck is parked just below the courtroom. In the alley. Pile with laundry. Just below. In the alley. Parked just under the window. Three stories. Sure. I know. Three stories. I now call William Stacy as witness on his own behalf. William Stacy, take the stand. They call me to the stand. I start walking toward the stand. Only I don't stop. I'll stop walking. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Hey, get back here. Stop in there. The window. You know nothing about this break? I told you. I don't know what thing. You testify against Stacy, bring him to trial. Your newspaper covers a successful prison break with pictures of the criminal escaping, and you know nothing about it. Well? Nothing to say, Ross? Nothing. Gallagher, bring Feather Miller in. All right, Feather. This way. Come here, Feather. Yeah, Warden? You know this man? Yeah, he's Ross. Repeat what you told me this morning. Well, I... Uh... Go on, Feather, go on. That was the day he squealed on Stacy. I saw them together in the jute mill, and, well, they were standing behind some bales, and they were speaking. And they shook hands, and the day after that, Ross went into your office, and they squealed on him. You dirty little... Cut it! Well, Ross, still got nothing to say? That's right. Okay. That break you were going to get from the parole board seems to have backfired, Ross. But I'll give you one more chance. You give me the lowdown on Stacy's escape, and tell me who helped him. 
I'll give you your first grade stripe and put in a word for you, for the board. If you don't talk now, you'll do your 20 years, Ross. Every minute of it. All right, Gallagher, take him to the hole. You haven't got anything on me. I don't know where Stacy went, but I'm glad he made it. I'm in here in a phony rat, and I'm not taking a thing from anybody around here anymore. Rules don't mean a thing. Come on. I'm going to be just as mean and dirty and hard to handle as the worst con in the joint. And I'll flood the first guy, rat or screw, that crosses me. Come on. Stacy, you want me to open it? Wait a minute. Get over there and cover the door. Johnny, you beat it in the bedroom. Right. All right, bud. See who it is. Who is it? It's me, Lockhart. I've got the girl. Lockhart, the girl. Open up. Get in, Lockhart. I brought the girl with me, Stacy. Yeah. Sit down a minute. All right, Gosky. Take the tape off her eyes. Put your head up, kid. Okay, they are. My lawyer said you wanted to see me. Yes, I do. What about? I'm Joyce Temple. I work for the Daily Record. That's no recommendation. I... I was engaged to Frank Ross. Yeah? Well? Stacy, you've got to get him out. What am I supposed to do? Send him a pair of wings? What's the matter with his old pals on the newspaper? They're smart, aren't they? They help keep him in. Can't they work in reverse? I don't know what you're talking about. Ross would. He said he'd keep his trap shut. But he didn't. He tipped off the paper. So the courtroom is crummy with reporters and photographers waiting for the break. He had to let his paper know. He's a reporter. Well, being a reporter blew him right into the hole. I hope he rots there. You think he double-crossed you? Well, I think he's like every other wise guy. He had to have a payoff to dummy up. You don't believe that there's anyone, man or woman, that money won't buy, do you? Well, is there? Look at Gosky. Look at Bud. That weasel with the punk cigar. He gets paid just to look out that window. And look at Lockhart. Look at me. I am looking at you. And it's making me sick. What do you mean by that last crack? Now you ought to... Sit down, Gosky. Go on, let him beat me up. That's right in your line, Stacy. Standing by while your gunmen do the dirty work. Now listen. You listen to me. Frank's been up there for five months waiting for you to help him. Five months in the hole while they try to make him talk. Well, he hasn't talked. But you didn't pay him to keep quiet, did you? No. He kept his mouth shut because he trusted you. He thinks you're his friend. He doesn't know you never heard of the kind of loyalty that money can't buy. He doesn't know you're just a dirty, cheap hoodlum who never did one decent thing in all your life. Well, whoever done anything for me? Frank Ross. He's doing it right now in the hole at Rocky Point. I met Ross, I thought he was square. The first on the level guy I ever knew. He is. Then I wasn't so sure. What did he tell his paper for? Because he couldn't help it. Because it was a great story. Yeah. All they would have needed was a picture of the truck and the driver. It wasn't the picture that sent him to the hole. There was a convict who saw you and Frank talking. His name is Feather Miller. He told the warden. Feather? Are you sure? I got the story last week. A man who just got out. You know what would happen if Frank talked. Garsky's been seen around. If he told him Garsky helped you, they'd trace him side of a week. That's why you've got to help him, because of what he's doing for you. Put the tape on her eyes. Oh, listen, Put I... the tape on her eyes and get her out of here. Come on, kid. All right. There's just one thing. Don't talk, kid. You know what's good for you. Go ahead, Lockhart. Give me your hand, miss. How do you like that dame? Walking in here and shooting a... Shut up, Garsky. Huh? And listen... If I ever catch you raising your hand to a dame again, I'll bat your brains in. Well, for the love Shut of... up, I said. Johnny. Yes, Stacy. There's a guy I want to see. Go out and bring him in here. 
His name is Shake Edwards. I don't know. Believe me, Stacy, I don't know anything about it. I didn't have anything to do with it, honest, Stacy. I'm waiting, Shake. Who are the guys who stuck Ross in that car? I don't know, I tell you. I, I... You want me to refresh your memory? Now talk. Don't, don't, Stacy. Talk. All right. All right, I'll tell you, Stacy. Go ahead. There, there was two of them. They put Ross in the car on top of the hill and busted a bottle of booze all over the back. Who are they? One was Charlie Lang. He skipped out to the coast. You'll never find him. And the other guy. Come on. It, it was Feather Miller. He's in Rocky Point. Yeah. That newspaper was making things hot. The DA sent him away on an old rap to keep him out of the way. Like putting him in a safe. That's all I know. You can't blame me, Stacy. That's all I Get know. Get up, rap. Roski, call Lockhart. Get the boys in. I want to see them. In Rocky Point? That's not going to help much, Stacy. We can't get at him. What do we do now, Stacy? We get at him. What do you think? Oh, sure. We just take off the Kelly at the prison door and say, please, can I talk to Mr. Feather Miller? It's too hot, Stacy. And supposing we do get the guy, where's the payoff? The payoff. We get Ross out. That's the payoff. Why don't you forget it, Stacy? Nah, that's what I say. Go fooling around in Rocky Point, we'll get paid off with a slug in the belly. And I ain't taking that for Ross nor nobody. Okay, get out of here. All of you. Go on, beat it. There's not a thing you can do, Stacy, not legally. They'd never let me get near that Miller guy. All right, so why should I suddenly get legal? I've been doing all right the other way. I don't get it. Look, most of the guys in this world are a bunch of heels. You included. Yeah? I always said if I could find one right guy, I'd do anything for him. Well, maybe I got my chance. How? Huh. I'm going up to Rocky Point. Myself. Listen, Stacy, don't be a fool. It's the only way I can reach Miller. You mean you're going to give yourself up? Yeah. Hmm. You're getting bright. Look, Stacy, I'm your lawyer. But if you pull a stunt like this, I'm through. I don't want anything to do with it. Sure. I told you you were a heel. Listen to me. They'll throw you in for life, Stacy. They'll shove you down in the holes of your rock. I'm warning you. Don't be a sap. I broke out of that pen once and I can do it again. <laughs> they haven't built the jug yet that can hold me. We pause now for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Just a few minutes, George Raff, Francho Tone, and Lynn Barry will return in Act Three of Each Dawn I Die. And now, I don't think you'll find it hard to guess who this might be. Now I had an afternoon. Working right up to six, and now I've got to change and get to the canteen by 7.30. Well, that could be any woman anywhere in the United States who's doing a double job right now. Her own, and one for her country. It might be a famous Hollywood star who's just finished her day's work at the studio and is going to be serving sandwiches at the Hollywood Canteen tonight. And whether she lives in Hollywood or Chicago or Cleveland, this busy lady is very likely to say... Oh, I'm glad I'll have time for a good, relaxing, 
locked toilet soap bath. Guess I'll treat myself to a nice new cake. And if it happened to be Barbara Stanwyck or Irene Dunn or Marlena Dietrich, for instance, she'd tell you... Here in Hollywood, we always use our complexion soap as a bath soap, too. Lux soap makes a wonderful beauty bath. Busy women everywhere have discovered something. That creamy Lux soap lather seems to float away dust and dirt in the twinkling. Leaves my skin fresh and sweet so that I'm sure of daintiness. Yes, active lather does the trick. It's thorough, yet it's gentle, too. When you step from your Lux toilet soap bath, your skin feels satin smooth, exquisitely fresh. Women say this fragrant, relaxing bath is wonderful as a quick beauty pickup. They enjoy the delicate Lux soap perfume, too. A perfume like the fragrance of many lovely flowers. And here's a thrift tip. Lux toilet soap is hard-milled. That means each smooth cake can be used to the last thin sliver. Why not get some of this fragrant white beauty soap tomorrow? Now, Mr. DeMille returns to the microphone. I'm going to make a proposition to our stars after the play. But now, here's the third act of Each Dawn I Die. Starring George Raft, Francho Tone, and Lynn Barry. <laughs> With a life sentence hanging over him, Stacy walked through the gates at Rocky Point and gave himself up. Stacy's back. Stacy's back. He walked in the front gate like he was going for a stroll. He's a crazy, that Stacy. A life sentence, and he comes back to serve it. In the warden's office, Stacy lounges carelessly in an armchair, a cigarette dangling from his lips. He's very sure of himself, cool and arrogant. Why'd you come back, Stacy? Well, I like it here, and I got lonesome for my friends. I'm afraid you won't see much of them for quite a while. You know what this means, Stacy? Sure. It means the book in the hole, according to the rules. But not for me. I only came back for the weekend. You made it out once, Stacy, but you'll never do it again. Well, we'll see how it works out. Now, do I get that plush line cell in solitary, or don't I? Any time you say. Thanks. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, you still holding Ross in solitary? Yes. Why? Well, I sort of figured you could let him out. Now that I'm back, I mean... Uh, why are you so interested in Ross? Oh, I'm not, but I don't like to see a guy taking punishment for nothing. Did Ross help you make that break? <laughs> You're still kind of sore about that, aren't you? Well, I can't say I blame you. Did Ross help you? I help myself. All right, Stacy. What happens to Ross? I'll let him out of the hole when you go in. Okay, Stacy, I guess you know the way, don't you? Yeah. Looks familiar. What are you doing this time? The warden says the book. But you never can tell. Ross? All right, Ross. Come on. You're out. Huh? You're out. We've got a new tenant for this place. Hiya, Ross. Oh. So they caught up with you. They slammed you right back where you belong, didn't they? Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad they got you. You hear? Sure. That's all right. Take it easy, kid. Come on, Ross. Inside, Stacy. Okay, lock it up good and tight. I might decide to go for a walk. You mean to say you didn't know Ross? I thought they caught up to him. Caught up to him nothing. He gave himself up. But why? What for, Red? You saw him. 
Didn't they tell you? No, he didn't say a thing. Yeah? Watch yourself. Pete's looking. Okay. Listen, everything's set. Yeah? What time? Three tomorrow afternoon. Right here in the juke mill? It's the best place. Joe's going to be on the door. At three o'clock, they open it for a couple of bales. Mooch over and stall around until we get them open. There'll be guns inside. How many? I don't know, but enough. Wait a minute. Is this a break? Yeah, it's a break. Didn't you let him in, Red? No. I didn't know whether you wanted him. We want every guy in the mill except Feather. I told you that. We need him. Well, you'll have to get along without me, too. Yeah? Why? Because I think you're nuts. What chance have you got? Suppose you do bust out of the mill. There's still a wall to get over. We'll take care of that when we get to it. That's a great plan. Run up against a wall and then figure a way out. Are you with us or not? No, I'm not. Even if you had a chance, I wouldn't be with you. What do you want to do, rot in this place? Well, I'll rot before I see you send every man out there to get a slug in his head. All right, Ross. But I'm warning you. If you know what's good for you, don't talk. What time is it? 30 seconds more. 30 seconds. Suppose the guns are late. They won't be. Start walking to the door. And keep your eye on Feather Miller. If he makes a He's move... He's safe. He's on top of the machine on an oil engine. There goes the door. That's the bale. The second one. Are the boys moving? Yeah. Where's Pete? Over to the left. All right. Start opening the bale. Yeah. Come on, come on. Tight. I got the rope twisted. Hurry up. Get over here. Screen the bale as much as you can. Here they are. Dale, there's a Tommy gun here. Get it out, quick. Let me out. I'll take that. Hand it over. Look out. Here's Pete. Quick. Grab a gun. Hey, you guys. What are you doing around that bale? Get away from that. Get, Get away from Pete. Or I'll let you have it. Why, you... All right, Pete. Get out in the hall. Keep moving toward the gate. You guys with guns, take care of the guards. Remember, get every gun you can lay your head. Come on, you guys. Come on. Listen, man. Don't be fools. You haven't got a chance. Shut up, Ross. They'll blow you to pieces before you get to the main I gate. Shut up. Fred, take Ross along with you. If he tries anything funny, put a slug in just came in, Mr. Mason, and breaking the jute mill at Rocky Point. Prison break. Get a hold of Jerry. Tell him to beat it up there. Jerry Phillips, quick. They've got the warden locked in his office. They're holding him as a hostage. Any of them get out yet? No, the state guard's been called. They're surrounding the prison. Hello. Hello, Jerry. Get a car and meet me downstairs. We're going up to Rocky Point. Wait a minute, Joyce. I didn't say you. I'll call you as soon as I get there. Joyce! <laughs> You're crazy, all of you. Put up those guns. Dale, call those men back out of the yard. I'm giving the orders, Warden. You're going to call the main gate and tell them to let us through. You're digging your own graves, you fools. You do as we say or you're digging yours. Listen, big shot. You saw what a couple of your guards just got. Now give that order and quick or I'll blow your hair all over the ceiling. Go ahead and kill me. You still can't get away with this. All right, Warden. Joe, I'm going down to the yard. If those gates aren't open in ten minutes, knock them off. Yeah, a pleasure. Be seeing you, Warden. Warden. Well? Listen, stall for time. They can't win. I'm glad you're not in on this, Ross. You're using your head. I'll make my own break when I'm ready. Stacy! Stacy! Here, over this way. I got the keys, Stacy. What goes, Red? We got the warden. We're holding him in the office. Some picnic, huh? Who's running? Deal. Come on. Is Ross with you? He's in the office, yeah. And listen, I got two guys watching Tubby Miller. You said you wanted to see him. Yeah, I do. You got a gun, Red? Yeah. Give it to me. 
I'll be in the warden's office. Get Feather and bring him in there. How's he going, fellas? Having fun? Stacy, there went down the yard. He's going to stall him off. Where's the warden? Over there. Listen, Stacy, you've got brains. Tell these guys they haven't got a chance. We'll take it up later, Ross. I've got some business to take care of. They got the state guard all over the place. Even if they open their gates now, they'll never... Save it. Hiya, Warden. I suppose this break was your idea, Stacy. Oh, but as long as it happened, I'd figure I'd play along. Well, you're through. You might as well hand over those guns. Shut up, or we'll finish you right now. You better not, Joe. You'll need him for dickering later on. Get up to that window and see what's happening. The yard's full of soldiers. Hey, what do we do, Stacy? You aren't through yet. You make out. Out where? Out through the back door, where they carry the stiffs. All you got to do is pick the screws off the wall. Get some rope from the twine mill and lamb over. Oh, it's too late for that. Dale's plans didn't cover the back door. No? Oh, too bad I wasn't around to help. They're coming up. They're right down the hall. Close that door. Wait a minute. Let me through. Let me in. Come on in, Red. Here he is, Stacy. Feather. Oh, hello, Feather. How are you? Look, Stacy. I'm not under this. I want to get out of here. Go over there and sit down. Get us up. Get us low. What do we do, Stacy? Come on. It's up to you. You know, any prayers don't bother the same. They won't do you any good now. Warden, come here. Well? Sit down and write a note. Tell them we'll release you if they give us a chance to come out alive. My orders in case of riot are to keep firing regardless of the safety of any official or guard. Those orders will stand. Okay. Joe, here. What do you want? Here's a chance to be a hero, Joe. Get out the back and across to whoever's in charge of that twine mill. Tell them to cease firing. We surrender. I ain't going. I'll be killed. So what? You'll be knocked off in here, too. No, no, I won't do it. I'll open the door for you. Beat it. No, listen, Stacy. Come on, now. I told you, Stacy. You can't get out there. You. Yeah. Looks like they don't want to play. Hey, what's the matter? You hit? Yeah. How bad? Bad enough, I guess. Come on. Come on. Pick him up. Put him on the couch. Over no. There. Don't. Don't move me. Isn't there anything I could do? Not a thing. It doesn't make much difference anyway. Hey, wait. Where's that feather guy? You want him, Sissy? Where is he? Feather, come here. Hurry up. I haven't got any time to waste. Funny, uh, an hour ago I had 199 years to do. And now I got no time. Get over here, Feather. Hold him where I can see him. What's the matter, Stacy? Hand me a gun. What for? Well, Rat, caught up with you at last. I ain't done nothing. Don't shoot me, Stacy. I ain't done anything. I know. I know. Warden, here's a bird wants to sing. About Ross. He gets snappy, Feather. I don't know what you mean, Stacy. Honestly, that was just a sample, Feather. Off by an inch. The next time I won't miss. Listen, Stacy, I don't know what you're talking about. Come on. Come on. No, don't shoot. Don't. You ready to talk? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Warden, this is a confession. And it's going to spring Ross. So remember it. Okay, Rat. Start singing. Who framed Ross? I did. But I didn't mean to have nobody get killed. How did you frame him? I I knocked him out and then drove him off for a couple hours. And, and planted the liquor in the car. Yeah. And started the car down the hill and jumped out. Yeah, but I didn't mean anybody get killed. I... Shut up. Heard enough, Warden? Plenty. Okay. 
Let the rat go. Get up that window! Tell him we surrender! You can go in, Ross. Stacy wants to see you. Thank you. Warden, may I go with him, too? You, Miss Temple? I'd, I'd just like to thank him for what he's done. Very well. Go ahead. Stacy, it's me. It's Ross. Ross? Yeah. Who's that with you? Your girl, huh? I, I wanted to thank you. Forget it. You. You're going to get out, Ross? In a couple of days. That's. That's great. I'm going out, too. My way. But you can pull through this if you want to. Try, Stacy. Will you? What for? You know, I'm. I'm glad for one thing, though. Finally met a square guy. So long, fella. Stacy! It's, it's funny. I, I was saying... Just a couple of days ago, I... They haven't built a jug yet that can hold me. I... I was right. Wasn't I? Cases of Mr. Ace, starring George Raff. Yes? Uh, my name's Eddie Ace. Oh, yes, you're the private detective. Yes. There was a message at my office from a Dr. Gale. Asked me to come right over here. Is he in? I am Dr. Gale. Come in. Please. Hmm. So, you're Dr. Gale. <laughs> Shouldn't I be? I didn't expect you to be a woman. Uh, what can I do for you? I want to retain you to talk to me. To, to talk to you? You'll be amply repaid for your time. You don't have to bribe me. All you have to do is tell me what I'm to talk to you about. Your experiences? Why? You see, I'm a psychoanalyst, Mr. Ace. I'm planning a book dealing with criminal psychology. And I intend to do something different. And there, I need your help. I want the material fresh and unbiased, so to speak. From the point of view of a private detective. Of, more specifically, an Eddie Ace. You make me feel very important. Is that a trick of a psychoanalyst? No. That's a trick of a woman. What do you say, Mr. Ace? All you want me to do is to come here whenever I'm finished a case and tell you about it. Mm-hmm. The strange people you meet, what they said, how they reacted, what they were after. I guess you know what you're after, Dr. Gale. All right. When do we begin? I'm listening, Mr. Ace. I'm listening. <laughs> Cases of Mr. Ace, starring...
starring George Raft and produced and directed by Jason James. You're sure my typewriter won't disturb you, Mr. Wraith? I don't think the typewriter would bother me, but I'm not so sure about the typist. When you arrived, you said you didn't expect me to be a woman. You were right. I'm a psychoanalyst. Shall we begin, Mr. Wraith? Mm. I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, it, it all started with a killing that was no business of mine. The murder of Frederick Miller... You know, the corporation lawyer. His body had been found in his apartment. Three bullets in it. As I say, it was no business of mine until I arrived at my office over on 6th Avenue in the morning after the killing. A man was waiting to see me. He was very small, very dark, very smooth. He smiled and showed me all his teeth. He had a lot of them. I opened my door, and he followed me in. Ah, merci, monsieur. Sit down. You're French. Uh, you are very observant, monsieur. What can I do for you? Uh, permit me. My name, monsieur, is Foray. Pierre Foray. Uh, I have selected you to perform for me a very important service. Oui, a service. Such as? Uh, uh, oui, oui, oui. Now we come to it. Uh, last night, monsieur, I performed a most impulsive act. I killed a man. I see. You're a big boy now. You must learn to control yourself. Ah, uh, you are right. Uh, but uh, that is how I am. I killed him, and I do not feel regret. I feel only pleasure when I look into my eyes and see him die again and again. Mm, that's better than a double feature. I had warned this man, monsieur. Twice I had warned him to stay away from Sally, my wife. He would not. So I killed him. It is simple. You make it sound reasonable. Who is the lucky lover? A pig named Miller. It is in all the papers. Oh, such a fuss. All for one pig named Miller. Oh, Frederick Miller, eh? A uh, wee oui. cochon. What are your plans? Uh, that is why I've come to you, monsieur. I am now on my way to the city hall of justice. Giving yourself up? Oui, but it is not serious. When I explain to the man in charge of the justice why I killed this, this Miller, uh, he will let me go. Yeah, sure, sure. He's cute that way. Uh, well, uh, why did you come to see me? To all for me, two things, monsieur. One, $500. And uh, two, this little key. This, uh, this key, eh? Oui. Oui. You will hold it for me until after the man in charge of the justice has heard my case. When I return, you will give it to me. Suppose you don't return. Oh, it is certain. How do I know? Because I am a Frenchman. But, but I say, if by some silly mistake I am detained, then you will give it to my lawyer. But only if I am detained by what you call a conviction of guilty. Why not give it to your lawyer now, yourself? He still remains to be selected. And I do not wish to surrender myself to the justice dispenser with the key on my person. I see. And this 500, what do I do with it? That? You keep it, monsieur, for your uh, trouble. <laughs> Ray left, and I sat fingering the 500 and the key. 
It's a small brass key. The kind you use on your trunk. No marks on it except a number. 427. I had Ferre doped as a nut. Anyway, Ferre uh, confessed to the killing of Miller. And the final editions told how Timothy Hogan, the wild Irish criminal lawyer, came forward with an officer to defend the prisoner. The next morning, Hogan came to my office. I had a hunch he would. And as sure as I'm sitting here in your office, Mr. Ace, I'm certain that Pierre Ferre did not kill Miller. He confessed. Confessed? Ha! So there you have a darling confession. A Frenchman, a crime of passion, and he gives himself up. Oh, no, not for A. Not after talking to the man. And what's your best guess? Think, man, think. Can't you see it? Maybe I'm looking in the wrong direction. And that you are. For A is covering up for someone, someone he loves. His wife? Aha, uh-huh. that's the thought, Mr. Ace. That's precisely the thought. And that's why the case attracted me. There's uh, no money but it's sentimental and violent, and uh, <clears throat> I'm Irish. Well, could be. But if he's covering up for his wife, how are you going to get him to sing? I must. If I can get him to recant a confession from his wife, well, I could get her an acquittal with a twist of the wrist. Good heavens, man, look at the elements. Self-sacrificing husband, outraged and betrayed wife. She comes forth at the last minute. Why, it's better than Mother McCree. I'll have the jury swimming in their own tears. I like your script. How are you going to get it on the stage? Aha, that, sir, that is the problem. And there I need your help. I know this much. Yesterday, before he gave himself up, Foray came to you. What did he tell you? Nothing. He gave you something? Nothing. Oh, I don't think you're telling me the gospel truth, Mr. H. I'm not. Hmm, I see. Very well. I tried to persuade Foray to give you his permission to talk to me. That's better. But in the meantime, Mr. Ayers, in the meantime, you might try to sound out the wife for me. Very, very discreetly, understand? But sound her out. You hiring me? Yes. Will you see what you can do? I'm practically there now. Yes? Mrs. Foray? Go away. All day you reporters have been I'm driving... a detective. What do you want? Sit down. Say what you want and get out. Do as I say or I'll take you downtown. You don't frighten me a bit. I'm ready. I see what you mean. Okay. I'll level with you, Mrs. Foray. I'm not from the police. I'm a private detective. I'm working for your husband's lawyer on the Miller killing. You knew Miller. Yes, Yes, I knew him. What is there to work on? That rat Pierre killed him. I hope he dies in the chair for it. Pierre says you were seeing Miller. That might save him from the chair. Let him prove that. Just let him prove I ever saw Fred Miller outside of his office on business. When did you see Miller last? None of your business. Get out. Sure. But keep this in mind, Mrs. Foray. Your husband confessed to the murder. But maybe you'd be able to give the jury the impression that he's covering up for someone else. Someone may be like his ever-loving wife. I said, go on, get out. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, did you ever see this key before? No. Now get out of here. And tell that rat Pierre I'll do my best to get a ringside seat for his execution. (laughs) 
back to my office, opened my door, and then I saw him. A man was sitting behind my desk. He got to his feet. He didn't introduce himself, but I could tell by the bulge in his right pocket that he had a very good reference. You are Mr. Ace. What do you want? The key, Mr. Ace. What key? Please, Mr. Ace, do not act childish. Give me the key. I'm bigger than you are. But if you force me to use this gun, I shall be liver than you are. The key, please. He pointed a stubby little revolver at my head. I gave him the key. He thanked me politely enough and left. I counted ten, then raced down the hall to the fire exit, slammed down the iron stairs, and picked up behind him as he was leaving the building. He went straight to the Times Square station. I went right behind him. He went directly to the lockers. I was right behind him. He inserted a key in the locker number 427, threw the latch, pulled the little door open, and then... It must have been hours later when I opened my eyes. I was still in the station. Near me and around me were maybe a dozen more. Cops and interns milled around. Bending over me was Detective Lieutenant Walsh. Feeling better, Ace? Yeah, I... Oh, my head. What happened? Bomb exploded in a locker. Anybody killed? Yeah, the man who opened the booby trap. Blown to bits and uh, three bystanders. You were lucky. You can say that again. All right, I will. You were lucky. And I mean lucky that you didn't open it yourself. I... How could I open it? With the little key you showed Sally Foray. Oh, you certainly get around. Where'd you get that key? From Pierre Foray. Oh, Pierre Foray, eh? That's the name. He came to my office. Gave it me to hold. You can ask him. Well, suppose you ask him, Ace. But you'd better get yourself a good spiritualist. Pierre Foray hanged himself in his cell two hours ago. <laughs> police headquarters. He talked to me for two hours. He didn't learn a thing, but I did. Pierre was visiting his cell by Hogan and Mrs. Foray just before he strung himself up. It was Hogan who found his body when he went back to talk to him again. I asked Walsh what he knew about Hogan, and he didn't know much. I left police headquarters and went around the corner to Jenny the bail bond. Jenny had been around New York longer than the city charter and runs the biggest bail bond mill in town. I asked her what she knew about Timothy Hogan. She didn't know much offhand, but promised me a rundown by morning. I said I'd call her and left it at that. Outside, the rain was just beginning to wash the town. A hack pulled up. I opened the door, bent to get in when... The butt of the gun came down across my skull, and that was that. It was the cold water that brought me out of it. I opened my eyes. A ceiling and a chandelier spun around. I closed them again. Leo, douse him again. Ace. Ace, you hear me? Get up. The man said get up and the man meant it. The man was big. Big enough to lift me to my feet with one hand. I tried to open my eyes. There were battleships tied to the lashes, but I made it. Two other mugs flanked me, with Mike in front of me. 
rug was wet with blood and water. The water and the rug were theirs. The blood was mine. Somebody must have taken a bad working over. I began to figure it must have been me, but I couldn't remember. In fact, I didn't even know who Ace was when Mike barked the name. You hear me, Ace? Give me... Give me a drink of water. Leo, give him a drink. Making a lot of trouble for us, Ace. It ain't necessary. Now look what you look like. Busted nose, busted lips, busted eyes. You think we like to do things like this? And just look at me old lady's rug. Don't. Don't let it break you up. Just look at yourself. And for what? Tell me. For what? Because you get stubborn. You you mustn't be impatient. Uh... I'm not very bright. What am I... What am I stubborn about? All we want to know is where is the envelope for A gave you? Michael? How much longer will you be? Uh, Just a few more minutes, Ma. Oh, just look at that rug. I'll have it cleaned. Well, hurry up. The hot catch is getting all burned. All right, Ace. I'm through talking nice. Where's the envelope? For A. Didn't give me a... Leo, take it. Oh. Oh. And the last I remember, there was the old hag screaming about her furniture. I know I smashed a chair when I went down, and that made me feel pretty good. I felt the water hitting my face again. I got my right eye unstuck. I was on my back in a field up in the Bronx. The rain washed over my bruised face, and that felt fine. But I couldn't stay to enjoy it. I remembered there was a phone call I had to make. And by the time I let myself into my apartment over on 3rd Avenue, the sun was up. I looked into a mirror. I never saw the guy before in my life. But even if he was a stranger, I had to do something for him. I wrapped some ice in a towel, held it over my face. And then I picked up the phone. Bombs. You sleep in that ratty office of yours, Jenny? Well, there's citizens being arrested, you know, day and night, Ace. I got that schmear on holding for you. How does he shape? Well, he was the mouthpiece for the old Ringo mob. Back in Prohibition, you know. Ringo got pushed over, rest his soul. Holden fronted for the policy boys in Harlem. And finally, he broke away from the heist guys. Went into straight criminal law. Only the very highest types of criminals. Where does he hail from? Why, uh... He's from, uh, says here it says, uh, Timothy Hogan, Washington University, class of 28, X. X? What's that mean? X, it says here, it says. I see, didn't, didn't finish at Washington. No record of any other school. I see. All right, thanks, Jenny. Yeah. Anything else I can do for you? Yeah. Keep a nice fat bail bond warm. I may need it. What? Oh. Well, don't let the face frighten you, Mrs. Foray. I'm just breaking it in for Boris Karloff. What? What happened to you? Mm, what happened to me shouldn't happen to a private detective. But it did. Sit down. 
We're going to make with a little talk. Look, I'm, I'm in an awful hurry, Mr. Ace. I was just going out. What did you and Hogan tell Pierre in his cell yesterday? Oh, I didn't want to go. That lawyer, Hogan, he insisted. Well, I, I guess I blew my top. I, I told Pierre I was going to tell the jury the truth. That, that Freddie, Freddie Miller begged Pierre to give me a divorce. He wouldn't. Instead, he took money from Fred to keep his mouth shut and not make a scandal. And you figure that's why Pierre strung himself up. So there was no chance for him. That's the one thing I regret. He didn't go to the chair. Mm-hmm. You must have had quite a burn for this guy, Miller. When, when I love a man, I love him. I love him. I... You're <laughs> kind of lost now, eh? I loved him, Eddie. It's going to be awful tough. Freddie was... Freddie... Oh, what's the use? I, I wind up with memories in four walls. The kind of memories you can't forget. Kind of cut your heart out every time you breathe. Come here. What am I going to do, Eddie? How can I forget it? Easy. You call me Eddie. Just try calling me Freddie. All right. I'll try it. I'll try it. A little later, I remembered that Sally was just on her way out when I arrived. I asked where she was headed for. She hedged a little, but then I saw the court orders on the desk. She was going down to the First National Bank to open Pierre for a safety deposit box. I went with her. The small vault contained some jewels, an insurance policy, and a bulky package wrapped in brown paper. The jewels are mine. I'll take them with me. Maybe we better see what's in this package. Oh, I can't imagine what it could be. Money. Thousand dollar bills. Must be fifty of them. Fifty thousand dollars? Oh, where did where did he get all that? Not in the private eye business. In this envelope. I think we better open it in the presence of a lawyer. Look, I'm going upstairs to see if anybody's around that looks familiar. Here, take this nickel. Yeah. Call police headquarters. Lieutenant Walsh. Tell him to meet me right now at Timothy Hogan's apartment. This is important for both of us, Angel. So don't trip. I'll wait for you outside. I waited. Four minutes later, she joined me. Told me Walsh was starting out. We got to Hogan's apartment first. Well, Mr. Ace, Mrs. Perez, sit down, sit down. Hmm. What happened to your face, Mr. Ace? I ran into an open gun cell in the dark. Oh, really? Now, where? I didn't get the address. But it was the home of that mug named Mike you keep on your payroll. I see. What else do you know? Put that heater away, Hogan. Walsh is on his way up. I'll give it to you fast. Frederick Miller, the lawyer used to needle in court. Dug into your background. Found out you weren't a member of the bar. Never finished law school. Why, you aren't even a shyster. That's why I killed him. Right. But Foray confessed. That was the deal you made with him. Fifty G's if he confessed to the murder of Miller. And you think a man would confess to a murder for any amount of money? You convinced him you'd get him an acquittal. On the unwritten law. But before he agreed, he wanted full protection. This little envelope we got out of his safety deposit box. That's true, Mr. Ace. That's true. I had to give him my signed confession. Just in case anything went wrong. And plenty went wrong. He didn't trust you. You tried to get that confession back. 
that you'd watch every move he made before he confessed to the police. That's why he came to me. Gave me a key to a booby trap. He figured you'd try to get that key from me. Open the booby trap. And get your head blown off. But you sent one of your mugs instead. You leave nothing for me to say, yes? Is there anything else you'd like to know before I kill you? Yeah. How did you manage to kill 4A in his cell? That, my friend, that is the trade secret which I cannot divulge. Too bad, Hogan. Right guy like you. I know that Walsh will feel the same way about it. But he's a city cop. Mr. Ace, you are priceless. But you made just one little mistake. You see, Sally here wasn't in love with Miller. She didn't even know him. Sally was and always has been in love with me. That true, Sally? Here's your nickel, Eddie. I didn't make that call to police headquarters. <laughs> so little Sally wasn't three-timing. She was four-timing. You know, yes, it's remarkable you've stayed alive as long as you have. Can you give me one good reason why I shouldn't kill you? Can I skip that question and take the $32? Go home, Sally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... I'm sorry, Eddie. Believe me, I am. Go on home and sharpen your stiletto. <gasps> Going somewhere, Mrs. Foray? Look out, Walsh. He'll shoot. Him! Oh, no. Him! Uh, uh, that's a darling break. Tim. Sally. Did you... Double... No. Did you cock? No. <laughs> no, I didn't, Tim. Honest, uh, I didn't. Uh, uh, in the dying. It's easier. Tim. Stop wailing, Sally. He can't hear you. He's dead. And I wish he'd killed you. A brilliant man like him shot down like a dog and you stand there. Okay, Walsh. From here on out, it's your party. The confessions in the envelope will give you the score. Sally is right. He was a brilliant man. That's how Timothy Hogan died. Here I called Walsh when I left Sally for a minute at the bank. She could have been held as an accessory to the murder of her husband in the cell. But Walsh never got her down to headquarters. She took a header out of the window. I guess it was better for her like that. Well, that was a gory business, wasn't it? Gory? Oh, I, I thought I'd give you the mild ones first. Mild? Good heavens. Do you mean that this sort of thing goes on with you all the time? Only when business is good. Well, for my sake, then, I hope business improves. Good night, Mr. A. There's, uh, there's something I'd like to say, Dr. Gale. Yes? Well, it's... Uh, never mind. Uh, maybe next time. Or maybe the time after that. You're reading my thoughts, Mark Private. Good night, Dr. Gale. George Raft as Mr. Ace will be back in a moment with news of next week's case. But now, a word from our sponsor. Thank you. And next week, I have another appointment with Dr. Gale. I'm going to tell her about a murder that shouldn't have happened, not even to a corpse. And George will all be waiting to hear that. In the assisting cast tonight, you heard Jeanette Nolan, Kathy Lewis, Theodore Von Elts, 
Leo Cleary, and Stanley Farrar. The music was composed and conducted by Sandy Courage. This is Carlton Cadell speaking and inviting you to listen again to George Raft in the cases of Mr. Ace. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.